Welcome back to Commission Impossible. My name is Scott Fish. With me, as always, is Ryan McDowell, except for those two shows, Ryan, right? What? No, you were, no, you were, you were, you were with me for those. I was going to say, except for those two shows where it was not just me and Ryan, but oh, I phrased right. that totally. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. But, uh, you've, you've been I, here. I missed a couple or something. Yeah. <laughs> I did it behind your back. Uh, that's how we got caught up on the emails uh yes uh we're really close to caught up in fact after this show we might be down to like just the week what to do with a 17 week schedule emails which we got about a dozen of those Mm. um i forgot about those (laughs) yeah we'll we'll throw that into a show but that feels uh less important than some of the (laughs) stuff we're going to talk about next uh, within the next couple weeks yeah it does Especially since that's like a year off, probably. Um, okay, let's just uh, let's just start with questions. I don't have a Twitter thing for today, so no tweets, no tweets right now. Uh, you know the deal, people listening. We're commissioners. We uh, we like doing the commission thing. People know us as commissioners. We we tell commissioner stories, interesting league ideas, uh, some of our own ideas we talk about, and we try to get to as many emails as we can. This show is pretty pretty evergreen. Ryan's stretching there, or he's just showing off all the things that he does on his shirt. That's possibly yes. he's wearing a shirt that tells all the stuff he does. All my podcast. All your podcasts. Uh, let's get on to the show, Ryan. Uh, hello, gentlemen. After playing fantasy football for 20 years, I decided to dive in headfirst by starting my own Dynasty League. There are a few tweaks uh, to the scoring system, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to get your opinion on a few of the rules I created. Okay, sure. 14 teams. I like it. That's my favorite style. Yep. Super flex. Gotta be, right? A requirement, um, basically. Yeah. Uh, four IDP starters. Now, IDP true IDP people will hate that. Like it's it's like having just like four reg four you know skill position starters. True IDP people would absolutely hate that. But if you're new to IDP, that's probably the way to go. Three to four, you know, start to dip your toes in the water. But uh, twenty twenty seven man roster feels shallow, even with ID, especially with the IDP. Um, feels shallow, um, even for a 14 teamer, um, 25 to 30 feels normal for a 14 teamer in dynasty. You add an IDP that 27 feels pretty shallow, but it is what it is. Initial auction draft, but teams can essentially keep as many players as they'd like to prepare for the off season stake drafts. Okay. $2,000 grand prize. Okay. I like that. I, I like that. I I like that depends part. on which, unless you're, Unless, unless your buy-in is $1,000. <laughs> um, anyway, rule one. All trades and disputes between owners will be decided by a rotating three-owner tribunal. I've never heard this go well. <laughs> um, like, we've we've heard this kind of thing a lot, Ryan. I don't know I've, if I've ever heard an instance of that going well. Have you? Um, No, not really. It's... Yeah, I mean, you're, you, it, it feels like one of those situations that is set up for some hard feelings. Yeah, um, but let's let's keep reading. He's got some yeah. more. Uh, there will not be an auction draft for any future seasons, so it's just an auction to start, and then it's snake drafts after that. Um, I know a lot of people that far prefer this. I don't. I prefer auctions throughout, but uh, 
I used to work with a bunch of people that loved auctions, wanted everything to be, you know, um, snake and linear drafts after that. What I don't like here is that in year two, it's a five five round snake draft for rookies and a five round linear draft for veterans. I don't love that. Seems like it should be reversed. be flipped. Yeah. yeah, it feels like the snake draft could be for veterans, um, and the the linear should be for rookies. Yes, but, uh, I agree. This this is what it is. Um, okay, so. After the NFL entry draft, each owner will select between one and 10 players, offense or defense, to drop for their rosters to be replaced through a five-round rookie and veteran draft. Um, okay. First off, what he's describing is actually not technically a dynasty league. It's a keeper league, um, it seems like, to a degree. Yeah. Um, dynasty leagues, just I, I feel like I've said this before on the show, but in a dynasty league, you're – roster limit does not cut down. It stays the same or increases in a keeper league. Even if it's going from 20 to 16, uh, that would be a deep keeper league. Your roster limit cuts down for a free agent slash rookie draft. So if you're cutting down at all before your rookie free agent draft, it's a, it's a keeper league. It's a deep keeper league. So FFPC are keeper leagues. True. And they actually admit that they're not admit that, but they say it on their site. They, on their, on their like uh, description of their, um, of their, their leagues, they say it's not a true dynasty league, which, but it's still an awesome format. Like I'm not going to dog on FPC for the word dynasty versus keeper. It's still an awesome format and lots of people love it. Right. So yeah. (laughs) Ryan nods. (laughs) No. Yep. (laughs) No, no, it's just, uh, it's just uh it's just one of those things. It's it's semantics really. I know there are a lot of people out there that, you know, drop like four players, eight players, ten players like this one and still call it a dynasty, but just uh just the semantics on the definition there. Um the draft order for the rookie and veteran will be determined by average point total scored. Isn't average point total scored same as total points scored? Cause um, like wouldn't it be the same order? <laughs> <laughs> it it well unless I guess unless you include um Oh if you include playoff games playoffs, that, that yes. the yeah and the, actually that's what he says right here that it could be between fourteen and seventeen teams depending on the team. So okay, sure. Average total points scored and it keeps going through the playoffs. So one if you're eliminated after week thirteen or fourteen well, he did say 17 games, which means he's using oh boy. a Week 17 championship game. Ugh, I don't like that. The winner of the eight-team toilet bowl will receive the first overall selection. I do not like that. Um, thanks, Maureen. Enjoy the podcast. Gives me lots of confidence. Great ideas. Keep up the great work. Jason in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I know I'm sure you don't like the first overall selection toilet bowl thing, right? I don't love that, and I feel bad. I feel like we trashed all of Jason's rules. Uh, the the good the good thing here, though, is what we always say: if it works for your league and for your owners, then that's really all that what matters. matters. Yeah. As I mean, we've had bad commish stories. We've had basically cheating commish stories. But um, outside of that, if if you have a rule set and you have ten or twelve owners that enjoy that rule set and that league, that is all that matters. 
you know, and, and Scott and I are just here to share our opinions. Okay, let me let me go through this again. Uh, rule one, the three owner tribunal. I, you can make the argument that uh, it reduces uh, chances of collusion because like uh, everybody's going to get a chance on that. It's rotating. So everybody's going to get a chance on that tribunal or maybe, maybe it worsens it. Like I'll rub your back when I'm on the tribunal and I'll scratch your back when I'm on the tribunal. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But uh the fact that it's rotating probably helps. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I, it's better that it rotates versus a set group. Yeah, every, probably every single year. Um, the, uh, the, the dropping players for the veteran being forced to drop one to 10 players. Um, that's, that makes a much more interesting veteran draft pool uh, for the f- veteran free agency, the linear one. Uh, so that's good. That's cool. Yes. Um, the average total points scored, giving the the playoff teams, you know, three more games worth of, you know, to throw at that average. That's that's an interesting, cool rule. Um, and the eighteen toilet bowl. Even though I don't think it's the fairest for a league, I will say I've I've known people that play in it and they love it because it's like. It's like a it's like a big prize, you know. Like it's it's like a good cash prize for the the toilet bowl, even though it's not a cash prize. It's it's a pick that's very very valuable. So it brings a lot of attention to the toilet bowl more so than than other formats. So um, that's good too. So you know, I can say positive things about a lot of this stuff. Too. Sure. Ryan, All right? Yes. Next this, question. This is from Ben. Uh, and I think in the UK, it looks like <clears throat> Ben says, Hey Scott. Oh, wow. I have to stop you for a second. All right. I just noticed the, uh, the at his Twitter handle. Yes. We talked during the break between we we're recording two episodes in a row here about a trade I made. It was with this guy. Oh, was pigs, it really? In a, in a pigs league. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, maybe, um, you know, Ben here doesn't even address me, so maybe you should read this one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of talking. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll read it to you, Scott. Uh, ben says, hey, Scott, hope you and yours have a fantastic day. Apologies for the lengthy email. Eh, it's all right. It, yep. it happens. Yep. Um, let's see. It has been inspiring to watch the support for Fantasy Cares and the work with SFB. I totally Thank agree you. with Ben on that one. Thank you, Scott. Um, but, 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 let's see. We're going to skip down to some commission stuff here. Well, I lo- can I shout out the spinoffs you mentioned? The Absolutely. EFFC, the European Fantasy Football something and uh, Coalition. Or, I don't championship. Know, and the Championship and the UK FFC. Um, I've seen those out there. I've retweeted them and, uh, you know, tried to help help support them and keep them. I, I love what they're doing with that. That's the, awesome. interna- the international ones, the European one and the UK one that are out there, basically big tournaments. I love seeing that. All right. Ben says on to the commission stuff first. Uh, I love the recent pod, particularly in uh, intrigued by the idea of using a trade calculator for vetoing. Oh, that was like within the last couple of episodes. See, that's how caught up we are. We're, we're finally doing it. Um, yeah, and, and we have had a couple discussions about a trade calculator as a veto option. Uh, he says, personally, not keen on vetoing, except crazy except uh, exceptional circumstances. But this seems like a fair way to handle it. I may suggest it in a couple of leagues I am in uh, that are loose veto rules currently. 
One minor issue I came across when looking into it, though, was depending on the calculator used, there's, there may be a need to be a minimum limit for the trade to hit if using multipliers. For example, I pull, plugged in a trade of Larry Fitzgerald for Jay Sternberger into the DLF trade analyzer, and the score was 71 versus 28. Mm. That does seem way off. Uh, you may have an opinion on one side of the trade being more valuable than the other. For me, it would definitely not be vetoable. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, he says, I may be just nitpicking, but uh, this could be a way that owners would exploit this. Uh, I totally agree with that. And yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah. Every, every trade calculator, trade analyzer, whatever tool you want to look at is going to be different. Um, they're all relying on, different data points. I know ours at DLF uh, look uh, uh, brings into account uh, our own rankings, our ADP that is community-based, of course, and uh, also actual trades that are happening can, can in I, can NFL I, leagues. I do yep. want to add something to this that is being left out of that um, trade analyzer minimum values. In my leagues, you need three protests in a 12-team league, meaning one-third of the league has to say Jace for Larry is a vetoable trade before you go to the trade calculator for that 2.5x. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good place to start. And if you're just going to the calculator because one person complains... Values differently. Yeah. Right, then that's that's going to be the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but I don't but know. I could you could get three people in a league that that are just you know friends and don't want it to happen and then all three of them protest and it hits the calculator too. He's got a very valid point here about the the minimum value. Like if you're doing a a one for one, um, a veteran for a young player or a veteran for a pick that's like a third rounder, and the mm-hmm. veteran doesn't help that rebuilding team, but the pick does. He's got a very valid point there that there. Are, there are case issues where where the trade calculator is not going to come across, and that's why I do the three protests before the trade calculator. But um, uh, and also, two point five x is really hard to hit unless it's a pretty unreasonable trade. But he found one that is very close to that. Yeah, and I think he has a good point as well, and and a good specific example. And, and this is just this is why you should not rely on a trade calculator or any other tool, ADP rankings or anything else as your, as your only, right. As your only tool for valuing players, because there are plenty of teams in every single league that would place zero value on Larry Fitzgerald. Meaning if, if you have a a team that you're looking to win uh, in two or three years that you're rebuilding, then Larry Fitzgerald is just, simply not a player you want on your roster. And we could say the same thing about Jay Sternberger. Um, I, I think I, I'm guessing in this example, Jay Sternberger is the one with the, the 28 value and, and Fitzgerald is the 71. Yeah. I would assume. I think, I think for most people, Sternberger would be more valuable. And, and this was probably before the Jimmy Graham move and things like that. So maybe yeah, changes move too. Yeah. Yeah. True. So, yeah, you just have to be really careful relying on any one tool, one data point, one anything as your um, as your sole answer. 
So his second part, uh, I guess I'm taking over for you, and I'm I'm obviously completely agree. It's uh, especially when it comes to trade vetoing, you should, you, and a lot of things have multiple prongs are, are usually better than than one sole tool to look at or whatever. Um, he took over a league as a commission last year, and the rules the league is set up well, but a number of rules are not properly clarified or missing from the bylaws. Maybe they're old bylaws. Never know. Um, a few things have jumped out. He's going to do a complete review. My question is, given the number of things may have not come up yet or are ambiguous and need tying up, to what extent should I consult the league on this? I won't be changing anything relating to scoring roster, roster composition. Of course, you'd, that those that's very rare that you should be doing that in a dynasty mm-hmm. league. Um, and he won't be changing any of the actual rules. He's just like tightening them up and, and making them uh, stronger. Uh, so he's going to rewrite them. Uh, should How much consulting should he do with the league on this? Uh, I guess in my own personal opinion, he took over the league as commish. Was he in the league before? That's like, what I was going to ask. A, is it a close group of friends? Yeah, my my what I was wondering is if he was previously in the league. If so, then – he already has probably the information he would need to correct the bylaws and and clean them up. As he says, if he's new to the league and new in the role of commissioner, then I think it's, it's totally appropriate and, and understandable to maybe not the whole league, but maybe even just one or two people who seem to be active. You know, how has this gone in the past? Is this, is this something we still do or is this outdated? I think things like that are, are totally understandable. And I mean, there's as a commission, there's nothing wrong with consulting league mates on, on league issues. I mean, it's, it's part of it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm yep. Everything you said, basically, I don't think I need to add to it. Um, apologies for the lengthy email. Thanks Ben at Gridirony UK. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's that one. Uh, did I read that one or did you? You we, did, and I finished it. That's, that's right. right. We we, yes. All right. Who wants this one? Uh, I'll I'll take it. It's, okay. <laughs> it's we we we're covering all the long emails in in this episode. Apparently, wow. This one is from John. John says, uh, "Someone who loves playing around with league settings and designs. Have you ever tried a partial or dynamic best ball league?" Uh, this is more for the playoffs, but could be adapted to regular season as well. The problem I see is uh, it seems completely arbitrary if you're a top team when you're in the playoffs, if you will actually win a league. Buys help, but most often the top seed doesn't win. Here's a wrinkle I was thinking about. For the regular season, teams would submit normal lineups, uh, assume 30, a 30-man roster with 10-player uh, active lineups, Six teams make the playoffs. At playoff time, the league settings change to best ball and add a taxi squad. If a taxi squad already exists, the, the league size would need to be changed. Instead of submitting a lineup, you now need to taxi squad the guys that won't be in your active lineup. So this is similar to something we've talked yeah. about with like yeah, the we've talked replacement, about replacement players, right? Yeah, we've talked about the, you know... It, 
have uh yeah it's basically best ball but you have to activate and deactivate with your taxi weekly i think that's where he's going with this and i don't know if this is the same guy as before and we somehow doubled up this question or if it's a different guy with the same idea um but yeah we have talked about this before yeah he says this could obviously be used in the regular season as well uh with a limited to have limited best ball uh, and then he throws out some other possible settings as far as rosters and active lineups. Um, to slowly and- go over it for the listeners in case they didn't remember the other episode or they're a little confused. Let's say you have a 30-man roster, 10 starting spots, 14 active spots, and 16 taxi spots. Basically, it does best ball with that 14 active spots uh, make get, it gives you the best 10 players each week. So you're not submitting a lineup. It's just doing best ball. What you do do though, is you pick what 14 players you want active for the upcoming week and you taxi the other 16. So you're not submitting a lineup, but you are figuring out which 14 you want to play best ball with that week, basically out of your 30 man roster. Um, it's, it's a hybrid best ball, uh, league that we've brought up, we've talked about before. Um, I, I actually think it's a, a really good idea. I kind of want to try it, yeah. <laughs> but I, I also don't really want more leagues. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always the worst. You have one yep. idea you want to try, and uh, it's sometimes yep. not worth doing an entire so, new league for that. Yeah, basically, John, we have heard of it and we have talked about it, but and I'm guessing there are leagues out there that do it. I haven't, though. Ryan hasn't. Uh, it sounds like fun, though. John should definitely do it and report back on how that went. <laughs> how many of those do we do? <laughs> you tell us how that went. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, we're putting it out there as an interesting idea for people because uh, it's fun. Yes, it's a, it seems like it'll be fun. It would be fun. Uh, less less starting lineup stress. You know, when you're stressing over that last spot, this. I mean, maybe you still stress over that 14th or 15th best ball guy, I guess. But uh, it's a, it's a little less stress. It it seems like it would be. Um, hello, Ryan and Scott. I am co commissioner. Thanks to John for that, by the way. That email. Hello, Ryan and Scott. I am co-commissioner for a dynasty league that is really new to the dynasty format. Evidence of this can be seen in my league in many ways. We require to start roster kickers and defenses. Lame, he puts in the <laughs> parenthesis. Rosters are pretty vanilla. Yeah. Starting lineups are two QBs, two running backs, and only two wide receivers, eight, one flex, and a tight end. See, I don't, I don't mind the only two wide receivers part. I mind the one flex part. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I, I agree. Let's let's add three, like three flexes to that. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm fine if you only require two wide receivers, but the fact that it's yeah, a waiver system that immediately benefits the worst teams inverse rankings order instead of fab. Yeah, okay. Uh, what points would you recommend to the head commissioner that could help him see the importance of removing kickers and defenses, adding either a flex or wide receiver spot and implementing a fab acquisition system. So he wants to make all the fixes we just made fun of in the, of this league, not happening. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, this is from Colin. Yeah. Colin here recognizes that his league is, 
is a little bit behind the times yep. maybe and and just trying to trying to catch up trying to make those changes to adjust while you right before you said that I was I was about to chime in behind the times I, yeah. we're we're so in sync today Ryan I love it <laughs> okay so recommendations for how to convince this commish uh, well we've got a lot of a lot of different issues here um, the first is the the starting kickers and defenses. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is this can be a tough one because if you've played fantasy for, um, you know, if you played fantasy for a long time, if you play fantasy on uh, ESPN or Yahoo, a lot of times those are basically required. I'm, I would assume you can adjust those, but it's certainly the default that uh, and, and almost every single league would have those. You just you just have to point to the um, the the variation and not even variation from year to year, but variation from week to week. The unpredictability of both of those positions as a whole. Uh, to to me, that's enough to to leave those two positions out. Yeah, uh, and just replace them with flexes. Why not? Right? Like keep well, the starting keep the starting system the same. Uh, first off, yeah, I think, I mean, we've, everybody's talked about how kickers and defenses can be really, you know, their points can fluctuate and it's, it's not, you're not def you're not always getting the strongest, um, team winning. You're getting some luck there. And there are a lot of sharps out there that say there's strategy to it. I agree. If you're really honed in on that and doing major work on that, you could probably find an edge there. Sure. But if you're your normal casual player out, you know, out in the world playing in fantasy and dynasty, you're probably not getting that defense and kicker edge. You're probably, it's probably a lot more luck and, and uh, variance <laughs> for for your average player. You're probably not getting that edge that the, that the people who are really, really sharp and research it uh, say that there is. Um, so that that's probably the main reason I would get rid of kickers and defenses is because unless you're in a really, really like analyst heavy sharp league where they're <laughs> researching this stuff, hardcore kickers and de- defenses are more variants and uh, than they are an edge. Um, as far as the, the depth uh, what you're starting there and does he say how many teams it is? Uh, he did not, I don't think. So, I mean, he's no. starting, let's, let's take out the kickers and defenses. What he's starting is eight two, players. four, six, seven, eight players, which is a really small amount for any style league. Um, since it's two QBs, I have to imagine it's 14 teams or fewer. Um, so starting eight players in a, in your normal 12 team league is really, really shallow. And he mentions having a fairly deep bench. What's the point of the deep bench if you have such such few sh- starters? Is my first question. Um, it doesn't. You're, you're basically rostering a bunch of guys that are never going to crack that starting lineup. So one of those two things is off. Either you need the larger starting lineup so that those bench players actually matter. Um, that, that you actually might be grooming them to start. Uh, where if you have eight, then you're not. Or have your dynasty league be some kind of modified, like almost redraft mindset where you have a shallow roster and shallow starting lineups. And then the waivers are just probably more fun every week. 
um, right now you're you're kind of doing you're kind of like uh, it's I guess it's like a half measure from making Breaking Bad, right, Ryan? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so go full dynasty <laughs> and have a larger starting roster, and then that deep bench matters a little bit more. Um, as for Fab, it's just the fairest way to do it. It's just that it's just absolutely the fairest way to do it. And I, the, my biggest problem with the benefiting the worst teams is like the inverse rankings order. If it's not rolling, that means the worst team gets that player every single week gets those players. If it's rolling, the, the worst team might get the first one and they might be at the back of the line for eight weeks. And they, then they don't, mm. they're not it, like the, it's like, one is too heavy handed and the other's not heavy handed enough to help. Uh, so, uh, Fab at least gives all the teams, you know, a fair shot at players who wants the player most gets them. And yeah. Yeah. I like, I like leagues and I think most commissioners do. I think most fantasy players, dynasty players like to play in leagues where you have to make decisions. Right. Yeah. And if you have, if you're using this this inverse uh, inverse order waiver system, most of the teams don't really have a decision to make. If you're if you're one of the bottom uh, five or six teams, meaning one of the teams with the the better records, you know you don't have a chance to get that that top waiver asset. Where if you're using Fab, if you're using blind bidding, then everybody in the league has a decision to make. How much value do I place on this player? Absolutely. So that's, and and the same, really the same things can be said with our other our other discussions on this league. Get rid of your kicker and defense where you're only going to roster one anyway. You don't have a decision each week. Whoever you have, that's who you're starting. Add more flexes, add more decisions, have a better league. That's it. Yep. Completely agree. All right. I think we're going to call it a day here, Ryan. Oh, Got some stuff to do. Uh, this, is, this is fun. This talking commission stuff for like an hour and 20 minutes or whatever. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening to the show. Ryan McDowell is RyanMC23 on Twitter. I'm ScottFish24 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the podcast at CommissionPod on Twitter. You can email us, CommissionPod at gmail.com. We're, we're getting really close to getting through all the emails now. So we, we could actually, uh, <laughs> we could definitely, we could always use more. <laughs> we could always use more. We love answering these questions. So uh, hit us up there. Anyway, that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.